Hello again. It is Pod Sotha with me, Todd Beardsley, and you, Claire Reynolds. Hi, That's Claire. me. That's you. And we're here to talk about The Nameless City, a story written by H.P. Lovecraft, published in 1921, marking it as one of his earliest works. And it's pretty great. <laughs> it's... Uh, it takes place in the desert, and so, you know, we're recording this in the summer in our garage in Texas, mm. so it will be nice and warm <laughs> while were, we record it. There are many parallels with the Texas sun. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about it. Well, so I always forget, do you want to talk about things other than the story at the top? I don't <laughs> I think, think so. I think we do. Well, yeah. Okay, you got nothing? Yeah. All right. Um, no, I like this one. Oh, which yeah, I did. <laughs> I liked it. Well, I'm a sucker for mm-hmm. any kind of Egypt archaeology, and it's a thing. lost city episode. Yeah, right. So, yeah. and it it made me sad when I saw that. Like, it, I read Wikipedia, and they were like, "This was his favorite," but nobody wanted to publish it. <laughs> Everyone else hated it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> I know, <laughs> and I get it because I read it was saying like, oh, because he just describes terror. He doesn't, yeah, actually tell you. You know, he doesn't show you why you should be terrified. He tells you why you should be terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still feel like this may come as a shock to you. <laughs> uh-huh. Lovecraft is not my thing. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> We're 38 episodes in. I consistently make fun of him. Um, No, I don't dislike him, but normally he's a tell, don't show guy. Yes. Um, Well, (laughs) yes. That's not what you're supposed to do. And Um, per all my journalism classes, (laughs) I am I am specifically avoiding his longer stories with longer word counts, which are tend to be his later stories and tend to be better. Yes. So things like yes. Call of Cthulhu and At the Mountains of Madness yeah. and Colorado Space, like these all are, are longer stories, Shadow Out of Time, rather. Um, and I don't know, eventually we'll get to them. How are we going to approach those? <laughs> I don't know, with dread. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you going to read the whole thing? I'm going to read the whole we'll thing. talk about it? I'm going to read the whole are thing. Are you going to go chapter by chapter? I don't know. So Call of Cthulhu is pretty easy to split up by chapter-ish things like mm-hmm. there's like from what i recall there's like three or four like distinct yes stories that go on in there so that might be a split them up um mountains of madness i mean those mountains are big yeah <laughs> so, yeah yeah i don't know that'll be the last one all right <laughs> and then we'll start over from the beginning <laughs> or then, we'll just then devote, we move on to greatest american hero we'll devote all the time to greatest american <laughs> hero a lovecraftian tale <laughs> Of a fellow who finds an alien uh-huh. technology he doesn't quite understand. Exactly. <laughs> Look at what's happened to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, so um, I have so I have lots of notes on the history, which I think I'll I'll save for a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Or should we just go through the story? Let's just Let's go do through it. the story. Okay. We'll go we'll go from Let's the top. Get into it. All right. So Homeboy uh, is an unnamed narrator. Uh, he is presumably an archaeologist. He has a lot of tools. He has torches. Not and I, at first I thought it's like Lovecraft being, you know, I'm so British. I call them torches. No, they're real like light them <laughs> oh, on fire yeah, that's torches. That's what I assumed. <laughs> <laughs> British. Hey, Governor, I got some torches, torches here. Torches so we can eat our crisps. 
<laughs> I apologize to everyone uh-huh. in the Kingdom of Great Britain. That's right. <laughs> it's they are like who has um, ever even heard of the Kingdom of Great Britain? I apologize <laughs> to you. <right? laughs> UK is our uh, is our number two demographic countrywide. Um, so it goes U.S., U.K., Canada. I think. All right. Uh, so, so we've we've alienated fifteen percent of our audience. So yeah, but it it, it takes place remote in the desert of Araby, mm. um, and. This and he's traveling alone. Well, he's traveling with a camel, and he's doing archaeology, uh-huh. kind of. Uh-huh. I don't. I, I, this is definitely one of those situations. Like, I'm sorry, but I don't. You know, do you? I'm not an archaeologist. No. <laughs> Nor have I. I don't know. I anything have watched about an Indiana Jones right. or two. I have watched. Yes, but I'm Alan Quartermain, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure. If you're just doing it solo, mm-hmm. you're a grave robber. <laughs> right. <laughs> or with a friend, as we saw in the house. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you have to have like tools. You, you and need stuff like a crew. And, yeah. And permits. Exactly. And things. <laughs> in the, in the uh, content warning on the prior episode, I describe him as an imperialist foreign archaeologist, <laughs> hobby archaeologist. <laughs> well, it just cracked me up because there's, he's like speed races through this yeah. entire thing yeah he's like check it yeah. out here's a tunnel yeah. i'm this. in Look at this. yeah yeah how do i get yeah. yeah very like very little consideration of what is happening nothing is Just left like, in yeah. situ yeah and i get it because right. this is how i would be if you pop me into this situation i would be like what is that what's next oh my god look at this i gotta go down this <laughs> you know and the next thing you well, know that- you're surrounded by mummified crocodile right. seals <laughs> crocodile seals they yeah and also like this is kind of the era of archaeo like archaeology in in the time is a science say i mean it's more about plunder more of an art <laughs> more yeah the it's art more of, of an art <laughs> yes. i mean there were real archaeologists obviously and there's oh, yeah. real like paleontology going on yeah. but like compared to the archaeology and paleontology that goes on today it's quite amateur everyone's like disturbing all the sites oh yeah and yeah. You know, it's for it's for fortune and glory. Fortune and glory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it belongs in a museum, as long as that museum will pay me. <laughs> and that museum is in Britain. Yeah, is it, yes, is in a, is surrounded by white, run by white people. Right. So he goes to the remote desert of Araby uh, to find the nameless city. So apparently, he's been looking for it for a while. Like he knows, he knows where he's going. So mm-hmm. presumably he's done research before he showed up, but then show, maybe he had a whole party with him and he's the oh, sole he's the survivor. <laughs> it's just him and that camel. <laughs> him and the camel. <laughs> um, and then we see a quote real early on um, from the mad Arab, uh, Abdul Al-Hazred, which is not a properly formatted <laughs> Arabic name. Um, and uh, the quote is, that is not dead, which can eternal lie, and with strange eons, even death may die. And this quote um, resonates a lot with Lovecraft people. Um, Nameless City, as you mentioned, is not usually in anyone's favorite top ten, um, but that quote in particular gets repeated in a little work published in 1924 called The Call of Cthulhu. And Call of Cthulhu contains like about a paragraph version of this story. <laughs> And that quote. So this quote tends to be associated with Cthulhu much more than, than with the nameless city. But it's the first introduction of Alhazred 
as you may recall from The Hound, mm -hmm. is the author of the Necronomicon. So mm -hmm. he's a fairly important figure in the uh, Lovecraft cosmology there. Um, one of the most recurring human characters. Uh, you know, he's, he's outpaced by Randy C., Randolph Carter, <laughs> um, but but Ab Abdul Hazred um, is little double A, yeah, double A. <laughs> cool. Um, I was reading about like the format of the name and how it's not really real Arabic. It's like oh, okay, comic Arabic. You know, it's it's you it, know it someone would, who doesn't care about yeah <laughs> the language. It would be like a nonsense. It's nonsense English um, name or yeah. This is a name that like Lovecraft calls himself uh, in like when he was a kid, as when he was like playing pretend basically. Um, oh well, yeah. <laughs> and so, but the um, what is it in the in the uh, Arabic translations of Lovecraft today? Um, it is written correctly, and he's like Ab Ab Abdullah Al Hazra, and that's it. Okay. Like that's how you pronounce it. So, um, so they correct it in the Arabic, oh, but not cool. in the English. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Todd. You're That's you're it. our guide. All right. So, um, yeah. So he talks about the nameless city and how it's so nameless, like a couple times. This is the first time he mentions how old it is, uh, and he says, like, before the first of stones, where Memphis were laid, and while the bricks of Babylon were yet unbaked, which I really like because it's very alliterative. It's very good, um, and it's so old it didn't even have a name. And then he talks more about how old it is and how, like, no one really wants to go there, and it's cursed. It's cursed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then just a little bit later on, he talks about um, how it's it's too old for Egypt or Mer or Meroe. Meroe uh, is how I learned how to pronounce that word. Um, what is that? It's a oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> that <laughs> let's take a trip dilly, dilly, dilly. <laughs> on the Lovecraft Travel Agency, <laughs> shall we? So that is on a train. <laughs> <laughs> I will use the dinosaur train drop instead of my like choo-choo drop. All right, so the, a lot of these places are real. Uh, Egypt, as you may be I surprised, heard, I have heard of Egypt. <laughs> no, it is real. Uh, it's not just make believe. Um, modern human culture existed in Egypt about eight thousand years ago, uh, and the early dynastic period, which is what we usually think of when we think of Egypt, uh, started around thirty-one fifty BC. Uh, Babylon uh, was around the 22nd century BC, so a little bit later, but not by much. Um, and then he talks about Meroe and Chaldea, uh, which are good poles. I hadn't heard of either of them. They're both ancient 10th century cultures. Uh, but that is, you know, another thousand years later <laughs> from Babylon. So they're, they're not definitely not contemporary with Babylon. And also all of these things are like timed out in BC and it's real dumb to <laughs> have a calendar that has negative numbers and it just bothers the hell out of me. It bothers the hell of a lot of people, especially when you're dealing with this period of human history. And so we shouldn't be using AD or CE or BC. We should be using HE, the human era or the Holocene era. Uh, in in the HE <laughs> calendar, the year is currently 12,023. Uh, and so by the HEC calendar, uh, the early dynastic period of Egypt was in 6850 
HE. Uh, the Great Pyramid of Giza was built around 7400 HE. Uh, Babylon, the bricks of Babylon would have been fired around 7700 HE. And Chaldea and Moreau would have formed around 9400 HE. So like now it's all nice mm-hmm. ascending numbers. And you can kind of tell much better, especially when you're reading them, how long ago it was, how long that is in between them, all of that. So I strongly recommend if you care about... <laughs> This kind of thing. Uh, get yourself used to calculating dates in the Holocene era. There's a calculator. I uh, will link it in the show notes. Also, Kurzgat makes a Holocene era calendar, like a wall calendar, which is very, very cool. Um, and it splits up all of human history into 12 equally sized units uh, for you know each month. And so that is my rant. <laughs> On the Holocene era. Yes. Claire. Oh, I'm sorry. Do are, we, are we doing a show? Yes. I had forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, that, those are the real places that you can really go to, especially if you have a time machine, and then you go back. Um, there are some fictional places also mentioned uh, as relative to the nameless city. And those are <laughs> the ancient Irem, also known as Irem of the Pillars. This uh, was first mentioned around 7500 HCE, so that would be contemporary around with the Great Pyramid. And it was popularized by the Quran in about... Popularized. <laughs> it was in the Quran cinematic universe uh, in uh, 10,610 HCE. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my guess, and I haven't looked, and I haven't I meant to look it up, but my guess is Lovecraft probably heard about Irem of the Pillars from the English translation of A Thousand and One Nights. So that was translated in English in the early 18th century. Uh, so that's All probably right. where he heard of this this fictional, almost certainly fictional, legendary city. It's also called the Atlantis of the Sands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very cold that it's called the Atlantis of the Sands. Yeah. Did- <laughs> Th- thanks, Cliff. Cliff, explanation, please. Now, how do you know he has one? Five bucks says he does, ten says it's a doozy. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, Sarnath and Ib are also fictional cities. And we're still going. Okay. Yep, and that's it. This is it. Uh, <laughs> they are fictional cities made up by Lovecraft himself. What about uh, what about saving big money at Menar? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, as you recall, <laughs> Sarnath is in the land of Menar, where you can save big money. And you can listen to episodes 13 and 14 of this very podcast if you want to get more into Sarnath. Uh, there was a doom that came there. <laughs> came all over Sarnath. <laughs> oh, God, my parents listened to this. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> um, Sarnath is in, is in the, the prehistory era, um, and it's contemporary almost certainly with Hyborian Age, which is where Conan does his things, because Lovecraft... Robert E. Howard, who wrote Conan the Barbarian, were buddies. That's right. So, And that are all the historical references for the nameless city. And how. And so it's older than all that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really old. Right. And so like that begs the question. It's like, how old, how old is, is it? the nameless city? How old are the nameless sites? So, yeah, they're, he describes them as, what, like lizard-like or reptile-like? Well, he says, you know. what he says is reptile-like, you know, like crocodiles and seals. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which makes me wonder, does Lovecraft think <laughs> that seals are reptiles? Are seals just like smooth reptiles? <laughs> That's right, they're smooth boy reptiles. 
Yeah, Thorigan immediately after describing them as reptilian, <laughs> as like, you know, like seals, <laughs> seemed a little weird. <laughs> They're described in the in the murals as this guy. In, so he goes into one of the cooler temples and then finds like a tunnel and he crawls down the tunnel and he sees that there's like these murals on the wall and it's like a pictorial history of the namelessites. They crawl, they crawl everywhere. And that's why like everything is all cramped and low for him. And he, like, well, of course, he never states that. It's just, it cracks me up how he's like, will the reader get it? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, at no point does the narrator think, you know, oh, these are super low because they're, it's actually for crocodiles. It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's just, you know. Well, maybe it's like a little Easter egg. People pretending to be crocodiles. (laughs) He does say it might be for people pretending to be crocodiles because he's assuming this whole time that, oh, this is a human city who worship these beings that they made up. Which is a legit assumption to make. Why not? I mean, you wouldn't assume assume aliens that it was was crocodiles. Or crocodile people or whatever. Yeah. Um, It is very very Lovecraft for him to like kind of go way out of his way to avoid jumping to like the sci-fi horror explanation of things. Right. Well, he wants the reader to, could this Wait a possibly minute. be, yeah. 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 So he posits that it's like these worshippers, these cultists who basically crawl around in emulation of mm-hmm. the namelessites mm-hmm. and not actually the namelessites themselves. Right. So, so he goes down this tunnel and it is conveniently telling the entire history Mm-hmm. Of, of the city and how it used to be awesome and now it sucks. Like it It's hurt. like anybody talking about Austin. Right. <laughs> that's, that's right. Where else would you rather live where it's 93 degrees out gloomy and smells like queso? Just be like Willie Nelson, Stevie Ray Vaughan, <laughs> yeah. and then Tech Bros. And then Dell. That's it. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just ruined everything. Yeah, they, we, we worship frogs. We worship frogs and with eye stocks. we were frog people. <laughs> or possibly ourselves. We're frog people with eye stocks. Which, if you're not in Austin or familiar with Austin, this makes no sense to you. Yeah. I will post a link in the show notes to the frog. And so he goes down this tunnel. Um, he goes down some steps that aren't really steps. They're more like he goes down like a ladder and he like mm-hmm. makes a big deal of this. I have no idea how these crocodiles would have navigated that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then and then his torch goes out. Mm-hmm. And yet he continues on. He just keeps going. <laughs> in, the, in the blackness. So here's my so this is uh, evidence exhibit B. Mm-hmm. Of this guy is has been driven mad yeah. in the desert, yeah. and he is the lone survivor of his expedition. Mm-hmm. Where like there was never even a, there was never a city. <laughs> He's just digging around in yes. a dune or something. <laughs> Possible? No, I like uh, he can be mad and find a lost city. <laughs> I suppose that's true. <laughs> yeah, you're right. His 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 torch goes out, and so he's in pitch blackness, presumably. Um, yet he's still imagining that he can see. Yeah, which is like it's a while before yeah. he starts to see the the, the luminosity. The, and the, stuff. Right? Yeah. yeah. So he's like, oh, i you know, he's feeling the the two the the coffins, the coffins the glass with, with and the wood coffins. with the reptile mummified reptiles. In. Like, how do you uh-huh. even know what you know? You don't know. You don't know what you see. <laughs> he, I, I choose to believe he was hallucinating, but yeah. happened to hallucinate correctly. <laughs> Like it's a, it's like an insight in Call of Cthulhu, the role playing game. Mm -hmm. There is a mechanic for the insane insight. Okay. (laughs) And it's something that the, the GM, the, the keeper, the keeper of lore 
which is what it's called. Um, there's something that the keeper can throw at the characters if they're like real off base <laughs> and they're just like running into monster after monster. They're losing a lot of sanity. They have insane insight, which is a clue of like where to go next, basically. <laughs> so that's what I think is happening. Here. Okay. Surrounded by these, these, these coffins and this giant tomb. Uh, and then he gets to this giant, what, bronze doorway. Yes. That, and this explains the crazy wind and sandstorms that he was seeing. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> I didn't do that very well, but no, I can't. Yeah, don't yeah, worry. Drop it in. Okay. <laughs> Sandstorm. So it turns out, what I got out of it is that this door opens every night. Like, when the sun goes down and the moon comes up. The door opens every night and then what? It just and it blows. Wind? Yeah, wind. So like it's from it is a it is a portal. It was a physical portal to the Hollow Earth, which is where all the namelessites, I think their ghosts went. I don't think they're I don't think they're physical beings. Right. I think they're like because the, they would just come through the door. Presumably. Right. They would just walk through. Right. Or crawl through. And no, no. So like. They all go down into the hollow earth and that's where they exist today as, you know, incorporeal beings. But this door opens every night and they, you know, the wind blows out. And this is why he feels watched when he's out at night Oh, because they're ghosts and they're haunting the nameless city, you oh. see. And they're stirring up the sand and they may, and this is why the camel gets all freaked out because okay. camels, as you know, can see ghosts. Well, of course, yes. Camels and cats. Everyone right. knows Everyone that. knows this. You do not want to take a camel to an old Victorian house. No. No. I see dead people. So he gets to the door. He finds this portal to, you know, the, the hollow earth. And then approximately one million ghosts attack him. As, as far as I can tell. A million ghosts attack him? A million ghosts. At the very end. Because it doesn't, it just ends with and yeah, as the wind him died plunging away, into the ghoul people blackness of Earth's bowels. Right. For behind, so like, but because he hears them behind who's him. Who's telling the story if he's dead? He, I don't think he's dead. Oh. I think he somehow survived. Okay. I fir- at first I thought he was dead. Okay. Yeah. The, like, first reading, I'm like, I thought he was dead. And then, I, which made me think. So what's up with the camel? Like, what's the camel going to do? Oh, the camel's set free. The ca- the ca- well, yeah, unless he's like tethered, <laughs> then oh. he's fucked. Well, presumably, <laughs> if a camel wanted to, it could gnaw through probably, a rope. Probably, probably. I don't know. I think the camel dies in the end. No. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Absolutely not. All right. Well, you can choose to believe that. Does the camel die? Dot com is what we I'm with you. I think the camel's probably fine. Um, now, now, because he talks about, as you recall at the very beginning of the story, every time he feels an icy wind, blah, blah, blah. Every right. time he so sees really alive. steep stairs. Yeah. So, like, he remem- yeah. He does remember all of this happening. Yeah. And so it mu- he must have survived. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, kind of makes sense because if they're really incorporeal, they would have no mechanism of, like, touching him or fucking with him other than right. the very very strong wind right. that threatens to drag him in in there yeah but if he's plunged so he's plunged in the ghoul pe- ghoul peopled blackness of the earth's bowels to me means the sun came up the door closed thus it is now dark in there right because he can no longer see the iridescence oh how of does the he inside. get out just go, it's one way it's one tunnel so it's not hard 
No, but there were times, I thought there were times where he's talking about like a super big, like low cavern. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was trying, okay, I was super confused because he was like, it was a, was there like a, it was supposed to be like a giant area where people, I don't know, it's to me, it sounded like, you know, when you go into a cave Uh and there's those big cavern rooms and they always have names, it's like the crystal room or whatever. And it's cavernous. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, so you, oh right, right, right. So like you think He like, was saying that it, it I thought he was describing at one point a cavernous mm-hmm. area but with a really low ceiling and <laughs> I was trying to imagine what that would even look like. Like how would you cuz I think the path yeah. so the path to the bronze door is okay. a straight shot tunnel. Okay. With the mural on the side. Okay. And then he goes in there and then he follows the light, but then the light goes out because the door closes. And from there, he can probably stumble his way out. Like he's not, first off, he's not in direct sunlight, so he's got time. Right. And and we all know he has like imaginary night vision. Right. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could just like fear. Maybe he's like a drow. I don't know. And he could just see in the dark. <laughs> and, and so he comes out, presumably, and then tells it recovers the camel. Okay. Right, right, right. And tells yeah. the tale in you know damascus or wherever okay. he ends up going <laughs> all right <laughs> and that's the story yeah yeah it's a lot of setting not a lot of plot yeah the the horror is not particularly horrifying but i did like i i like you know it's all description right it's all it's all setting description so if you if you just read it for that you will have a good time in the story mm-hmm. especially if you're like 12 and you think "Ooh, what would i do if i found a nameless city you can play pretend all I, day long yeah thing. of course and i just i just don't understand why he continues to go on i mean when your light goes out mm-hmm. i'm just going trying to make my way back the way that as, I can, as a spelunker yeah. <laughs> exactly as it says it what caves have you ever been in claire well let's see the first cave I've, I was ever in was, I don't know what it's called, but it's in Hannibal, Missouri. And it's the cave that Mark Twain used to hang out in where he imagined uh, Tom Sawyer and mm-hmm. Becky Thatcher. Like, I think it appears in Tom Sawyer for the first time. That was the first time. I remember going in there and then they're like, all right, we're going to turn out the lights. Is it just a coincidence that it's named the Mark Twain Cave? Is it named the Mark Twain Cave? Yeah, that would have been weird for him. So is that where, weird. Is that where he got the name yeah. Mark Twain? Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Because <laughs> his real name is not Mark Twain. It's right. It's Lemons. <laughs> so he just really liked hanging out in that cave. <laughs> we have caves here in yeah. Austin that we've taken. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to take their kids to at, mm-hmm. at one point. Um, yeah. Usually on a field trip. What, Usually the, you have 20 kids with you. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> that was when I took the boy. The boy. To, yeah, on a field trip with his class. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, now do not touch the sides of the caves. Uh-huh. And it was like 25 third, fourth graders. Mm-hmm. And I was so stressed out the entire time because <laughs> all they wanted to do mm-hmm. was touch the sides of the cave. Right. And I was just like constant. And nobody else seemed to be concerned about it, but it was right. just, I was like, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Hands off. Hands off the side. Hands in your pockets. Hands in your-. And everyone was looking at me like I was crazy. Yeah. 
<laughs> I did not want people to touch the sides of the cake. <laughs> <laughs> like if you take a third grader to Whataburger right. and say, don't touch the side of Whataburger, obviously that's what they're going to do. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering if they would do better if they just didn't say anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, the caves in Austin are pretty cool. What is that one that I'm the big one up there on 35? Not Natural Bridge. I've been to that one. Inner Space. Inner Space. That's it. Inner Space. Inner Space. Not the hit Martin Short, Dennis Quaid <laughs> movie. Hello, can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> no tie in at all. I know. Why? Know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, go, go caving and. Also, bring an extra torch, and by torch, I mean what what you yanks call a flashlight. <laughs> All right, so that's a story. Uh, yeah. It sounds like you give it a what three out of five stars, <laughs> something like that. We don't really rate the stories. <laughs> we don't rate the stories. No. Of course, it brought up Arkham Horror, the card game, the mm. living card game thing that we do, Guardian we, of the Abyss. Yes, where we cannot get and out of that thing alive. Gentle listeners. Uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Abyss is impossible. <laughs> Don't, if you like losing games, play that game. Because, I mean, we've won um, the blob that ate everything, which is hard. Yeah. It took us like three runs at that. Yeah. We've played Guardians of the Abyss probably six times now. Yeah. No, not even close. <laughs> no, it's a, I consider it a success if no one gets taken by the Abyss. Yeah. If you're not just like perma killed, yeah. <laughs> then it's a win. Yeah. Taken by the Abyss. For those of you that don't know, means that your character is gone. It's super dead, and yeah. and all your allies are dead. Yeah, like, everything's gone. Like, <laughs> everyone's you, yeah, dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's real hard. Uh, write in if you have a good cheat. Honestly, like if you have a good like character duo that you yeah. are good at with like yeah. Guardians of the Abyss and can like reason because we yeah. always play two player. We never play four player, and I suspect yeah, Guardians why. of the Abyss yeah. plays a lot better with four player because it has the old kind of broken. Um, uh, uh, explore mechanic. Yeah. Where like yeah, yeah. you're rewarded for like just revealing the map and with four players it's a lot yeah. easier. Yeah. So I don't know. But we played it two handed once. We both had two characters. Mm-hmm. And I think we lost half mm-hmm. of them to the abyss by the end. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe it's just us. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We're just bad at this game. That's fine. Um, well in other news uh, this episode released um, lightning fast compared to our usual release schedule, so I don't have a lot in the mail. Um, but I did mention uh, Unnameable at some length uh, on on our Mastodon account. Uh, if you don't know, Mastodon is a microblogging site similar to Twitter, a little bit harder to use. To what? That bird site. <laughs> it was super cool because uh, we got noticed by a famous person. And that famous person is John Shirley, or should I say Bram Stoker Award winner, John Shirley. He is a a horror, cyber, splatterpunk author. He's got like 80 plus writing credits across novel, TV, short story, and screenplays, most notably The Crow that he Very nice. Uh, So very important movie in my life. Yeah. Thank you, John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now he noticed my podcast because he like boosted it and tooted it and did all the normal like Mastodon things you That's do. That's awesome. It was pretty cool. And we talked just like we had like a very short combo back and forth. I'm definitely name dropping right now. But um, he pointed me at a collection that I didn't know that he had um, called Lovecraft Alive, which is an anthology of short stories that he wrote. It's all him. It sounds like um, a disco album or something. <laughs> <laughs> Do the shock <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, it's from Hippocampus Press. <laughs> and it's available at Fighter Booksellers. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for the for the boost. Um, and he's like legit Mastodon famous, like in the like he's got thousands of followers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which on Mastodon like translate like if it right. were Twitter, it would be millions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's um, basically like the Katy Perry of pretty of much Mastodon. the Katy Perry of Mastodon. <laughs> um, and he lives here in Texas. He lives in Houston. So what? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I know. So we should hang out sometime. Um, so I'm pretty happy about that. So. You too can follow us on Macedon. We are uh, at podsothoth at defcon.social. If you know how Macedon works, you will find it. If you don't, I will post a link in the show notes and you can click it. And then you can try to puzzle out (laughs) how to join Macedon. We also have a Facebook page that sometimes I (laughs) visit Uh and update. (laughs) I don't know anything about that. Do the Facebook thing if you're already doing the Facebook thing. I'm trying to like mm-hmm. be less, yeah. you know, militant on my like. Well, I'm not going to yeah. use Facebook because they hate democracy. Well, it's I, the same way yeah. as like, yeah, uh, I am the person in the family that handles Facebook. Todd is the person in the hand in the family that handles Amazon purchases. Right. Yes. Claire <laughs> refuses Amazon on I, account of I, their evil. I am a very say, reasonably mm, evil. Mm-hmm. No, I don't <laughs> yeah. have an Amazon account. Uh-huh. I just say, "Wow, I really sure wish somebody would order blah 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 <laughs> off of Amazon." <laughs> it happens. <laughs> uh, we have a YouTube channel now for some reason um, because YouTube just recently I won't go into it too much but there's like a YouTube podcast thing that apparently works with YouTube music I don't know how any of that works Um, but I publish there all the time now I publish every episode there I still need to fill in the back catalog but whatever I'll get around to it eventually so maybe we'll do real video I don't know oh yeah and you can email and if you do give us a hint on how to pronounce your name if you have a name if you don't problem solved Thank you so much. If you don't, yeah. then we know you look like a crocodile across with a seal. <laughs> yes. Uh, and also, like, send in fan art of, like, what does a name what Oh, does my a God, yes. I definitely want like. that. Oh, yeah. I, it better look cute. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking. Just post it on, just post it on yeah. Mastodon. Don't, yeah. don't send it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that coming through yeah. the But, like, at me on Mastodon. So. <laughs> like, big eyes, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Crocus you. Crocus you. <laughs>